Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's Friday, April 13th, 3.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is 88.1 FM, KHMG, broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for the last 22 years. Here on Guam and all around the world, not only on 88.1 FM, but also on the web, khmg.org. That's khmg.org. If you want to listen on your computer or listen to the live stream of the broadcast or podcast of this show and many other great shows we produce here at the KHMG studios, you can find us on Facebook. Find Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook. Leave us a note. Give us a little thumbs up, follow us, then you'll get updates anytime we upload a new podcast or send out an article. We'll give you some good links. It's a great resource for you to have. Very easy. Just go to Harvest Family Radio Guam and follow us. We'd appreciate that. Leave us a personal note. Seems like we get notes almost every week. People out there listening all around the world found our radio station one way or the other. And thank you for listening. We have a lot of local listeners, of course. So our original target audience was all local before there was ever live stream. For years, we were just trying to reach the people in our own neighborhood, our own village. But now we have ongoing ministry all around the world through our website, khmg.org, through people listening through downloadable apps on their tablets or phones or listening on the computer. There's a lot of different ways to listen to FM radio stations now online, so you don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio. Go figure. Glad to have you with us, though, on this episode 260, and today our theme happens to be books and everything related, from bestsellers to bibliophiles. And we're going to have Mr. Books with us a little later in the show. Bob the Librarian will be joining us to talk about libraries, books, and everything related to that. It is the month of April, being April 13th, if you're listening to the live show. Oh, by the way, if you ever miss the show, you can tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. If you missed part of the show or you want to listen to part of it again, please feel free. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety for those of you who can't catch the whole show. Not everyone can listen wall-to-wall, two straight hours. So glad for all you listeners out there. Thank you for participating, being part of our listening audience for the last 260 episodes, over five years on the air now. 50 episodes a year, 260 divided by five. That's 52 episodes. Yeah, we have been on the air over five years. It's great. April. April is. Now, this list is provided to me by Bob the Librarian, who's heading up here in just a moment. April is the month of global astronomy, global child nutrition, Grange, holy humor, uh, international amateur radio month, customer loyalty, guitar month, the twit award, irritable bowel syndrome awareness, jazz appreciation, keep America beautiful, library snapshot, listening awareness, all different monthly observances. Let's look at the Weekly observances, you know how different industries or special interests sometimes will identify a week as a special emphasis. 
It is International Wildlife Film Week. How many of you used to watch, uh, what was that guy's name? Marty, Marty, it was, uh, no, not Marty Heron, not Marty Robbins. It'll come to me in a minute, but Marty, he had a show, a wildlife show on public television. Where I grew up, it was on Saturday nights. I think it was called Wild America. It was Marty something's Wild America, and he would film wildlife in its natural habitat. Now, he was later criticized because sometimes he kind of set it up a little bit, so it was a little more staged than the show let on because he'd have to like bury a camera in a bear's den or something months before the winter time. And sometimes he'd have to stage things a certain way, but Marty something, I'll look it up during the break. Unless one of you knows, you can text it to me and uh, let me know what it is. And I'll, I'll reveal that. But anyway, wildlife film week, the 14th through the 22nd starts tomorrow. Maybe you can look that up and watch it. That was way before there was an animal planet, by the way. Animal Cruelty and Human Violence Awareness Week starts on the 15th. National Coin Week is the 15th through the 21st. Karaoke Week, 15th through 21st. Pet ID Week at the, at the same time. Paperboard Packaging. I don't know what the significance of that is. Volunteer Week. Astronomy Week is the 16th through the 22nd. Week of the Young Child, 16th through the 20th. American Quilter Society Week, the 18th through the 24th. Cleaning for a Reason Week, 18th through the 24th. I guess kind of spring cleaning time. Consumer Awareness, 18th through the 23rd. Police Officers Who Gave Their Lives in the Line of Duty Week, 18th through the 23rd. American Fancy Rat and Mouse Days, the 27th through 29th. I'm telling you people, it seems like every month the American Fancy Rat and Mouse people have an observance. They are overrepresentative minority. Overrepresented minority. National Dance Week also is the 20th through the 28th. Sorry, don't mean to rant too much, but come on. Come on. Okay, anyway, since last week, we ended uh, last week on the 6th. The 7th was Coffee Cake Day, and um, it was also World Health Day. The 8th was Draw a Picture of a Bird Day and Zoo Lovers Day. Uh, Let's see, the 9th was Appomattox Day. Took me 12 years to learn how to say that properly. National Unicorn Day. Winston Churchill Day was the 9th. The 10th, American Society for the Preservation or Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. That would mean something totally different. Prevention of Cruelty to Animals was the 10th. Encourage a Young Writer Day was also the 10th. Let's see. The 11th, Barbershop Quartet Day. National Teach, Teach Children to Save Day. And World Parkinson's Disease Day, the 12th, yesterday. Celebrate Teen Literature Day. Drop Everything and Read Day was yesterday as well. Deer Day. Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. And last week we talked about the cheese zombie, of course. That was a highlight of the show. Chris uh, enlightening us on what a cheese zombie sandwich was. Today, American Immigration Lawyers Association Day of Action. Blame Someone Else Day. Blue and Green Day, it's Friday the 13th, International Creativity and Innovation Day, Special Librarians Day, and you know what? We have an international special librarian coming up here in just a little bit, so we're going to celebrate with him. Uh, Let's see here, Make Lunch Count Day, Uh, National Donate Life, Peach Cobbler Day, Mm, that sounds good, and Thomas Jefferson Day, and Scrabble Day, play a little Scrabble tonight, the 14th, Air Force Reserve Birthday, 
Uh, let's see here. Dictionary Day is tomorrow as well. International Moment of Laughter. Look Up at the Sky Day is tomorrow. Dolphin Day. National Pecan Day. Pan American Day. Uh, let's see. The 15th. Jackie Robinson Day and McDonald's Day. National, Gar- National Glazed Spiral Ham Day. Ooh. And World Art Day. The 16th. Boston Marathon. Ever told you how I got to watch the Boston Marathon? It was pretty awesome. Got to actually walk a couple miles from the finish line and be right by uh, one of my favorite runner's water bottles as he ran by. And I cheered for him, and he didn't hear me at all, but I was there. Anyway, that's the 16th, as well as National Wear Your Pajamas to Work Day. That sounds like a fun day. Am I right? Patriots Day. And uh, Save the Elephant Day. The 17th, Blah 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 Day. That's, That's a real thing. Ellis Island Family History Day, Ford Mustang Day, Income Tax Pay Day, and World Hemophilia Day, the 18th, Adult Autism, Animal Crackers, Amateur Radio, International Day for Monuments and Sites, National Lineman Appreciation Day, those are electricians that work up on the power lines, Pet Owners Independence Day, the 19th, Bicycle Day, Dutch American Friendship Day. Hey, you know what? We have some Dutch American friends, and we're going to celebrate on the 19th our friendship with our Dutch American friends. So all of you Dutch American friends out there, let's do something together next week, okay? There you go. Garlic Day. Uh, Let's see here. Humorous Day as well. Amaretto Day. Uh, National Dare Day. Hanging Out Day. And National High Five Day. The 20th, next week, Chinese Language Day. Lima Bean Respect Day. Mm, If you want some uh, succotash. Lima beans, you, you got to have a taste for it. Uh, Lookalike Day, National Day of Silence, Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day, one of my mom's specialties, by the way, with a little cherry in the middle of the pineapple, really good. Pro-Life T-Shirt Day, Teach Children to Save Day, and the United Nations Chinese Language Day. To name a few, that's what's happening on the 20th. Now, I have in studio with me Lawrence Nagengas, because he has to run. He has a hair appointment he needs to get to, and so um, I want him <laughs> yeah, to come up early because uh, they have to have time for the permanent rinse to set in and all that and the, the blow dryer and the cream cream additives and things like that as well. So, Lawrence, welcome to the show. Yeah, after that introduction, uh, just to clarify, that's not where I'm headed. But, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Just checking. Yeah. Just yeah, checking. You know. All right. Well, uh, since it is the 13th of April... Uh, did anything in history ever happen on the 13th of April? Ever. It is Friday the 13th. It uh, is. That's not necessarily significant in history, but, you know, there's all the all yeah. sorts of superstitions built exactly. into that. Yes, it's true. But um, I mean, they're not true, but it is true that people believe something's not true about this day. It's true. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. You get caught in a little loop there. Um, so what happened on the 13th of April in history? They're in not eight, all Fridays. In 837, they're not. Uh, the best view of Halley's Comet in 2,000 years was on this day. Wow. Back in 837. I don't know who recorded that uh, so that we have it today, but um, that happened uh, this day. Um, 1668, John Dryden, 36 years of age, was appointed first English poet laureate, laureate, laureate? Yep. by Charles II. Oh, okay. So I, uh, I don't exactly know when those came in to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're definitely older than 16, 1668. 
Um, but he's the first English poet laureate. Okay. Um, in that day. So maybe that was the first one ever. Um, we'll keep going here. 1796, Battle of Melissimo, Italy. Napoleon's forces defeat allied armies of Austria and the kingdom of Sardinia, Piedmont. Um, this is at the very beginning of Napoleon's um, gallivant through yes. Europe, basically. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, it he was, ran roughshod over yeah, the entire This is probably continent. a year or two into his reign, but one of the first... Um, the first to actually get out and actually have some country-to-country war uh, here because the um, French Revolution had just kind of been finalized, the reign of terror and all of that in the past year, year and a half, and Napoleon came in literally like uh, uh, a knight in shining armor on a white stallion kind of guy, even though I was was answering a trivia question about him the other day, and, and if you were to think how tall Napoleon was, what would be your guess? I I I would guess he was like in the low fives, like yeah. five four. Five, yeah, exactly three. what I thought. the 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 answers were or the the options were four ten, five two, and and five seven. And I put five two because that's exactly what I thought. He's short, but in reality, he was five seven. Oh, and so I I, I that's was not thinking, even short. I was thinking because of his that's hat. the same height as our librarian. No, I'm not that. You're you're you're, you're not that, that short. Bob. What? Okay. Yeah, see? Nine, so, six foot. Yeah. Nine, six foot. Um, five, seven. My wife is five, seven. I knew I knew someone that was five, yeah, seven. Yeah. My, my wife's five, seven. So anyways, I was I was just always thinking he was, you know, short. And, but not and rode really a horse, had a tall hat and all that. But yeah, you know, yeah. Sh- I guess shorter average maybe for a male, but mm-hmm. really not, not that bad. What was the name of that war? Was that the Peloponnesian War? Um, no, the Peloponnesian War... Oh man! I just pulled that, that out was of down the mothballs. In, that was down in <laughs> Athens versus Sparta. Okay, over Corinth. All right, gotcha. Um, this was this. I've heard it both ways. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this war was actually called. He he just ha- chained a bunch of them together. In fact, interesting fact. Uh, one of the reasons why he won one of the battles was a confusion about uh, calendars. Um, basically, you had the Russians using one calendar. Oh yes, and I've you heard had of this. the Austrians and Germans using the Roman Greco whatever calendar mm-hmm. from more Europe, and it's I believe three days different, and so they all agreed on this certain day. But when it came time to fight Napoleon, you're missing a third of the right, armies. Yeah, and the so, Russians showed up late, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. So there's a little little tidbit go. of information there. 1902. All our Russian listeners are saying, no, the Germans showed up early. Yeah, that, that's go. exactly right. So I'm just, just speaking up for our Russian listeners. 1902, J.C. Penny opens his first store in Kenmer, or Kemmerer, yikes, K-E-M-M-E-R-E-R, Kemmerer. Mississippi? Wyoming. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that would be a doubly confusing. Kemmerer, yeah. Mississippi. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, that's a lot of double utters there. But- uh, J.C. Benny, uh, I don't, I can't remember. I've done a little bit of research on his life, but I don't believe his last name initially was Penny. Um, but he was such a penny pincher when it came to uh, his stores and how he ran things that he changed it to that, and it's been the name ever since. Uh, back in the '90s, that was a big place to shop in mm-hmm. the Flint area, Cortland oh, Center. Yeah. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of him anymore yeah. today. No, it's a great place to buy a, a suit for not too much. You know. It, it's James Cash Penny. That's, That's it. what it is. Yes. It wasn't his last name changed. It was his. They, they gave him the yeah. C for right. Cash. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. So I'm glad I clarified that. 
um, and didn't leave you hanging on making up his last name. That would not. Uh, People are Googling it they already. They probably are. They probably are. Uh, 1943, the FDR, the FDR, the FDR dedicates FDR. Jefferson Memorial. Uh, that's a really beautiful area um, in Washington, D.C., that Jefferson Memorial area. And in fact, um, in that area, there's a lot of cherry blossoms that the Japanese gave America. Is that Monticello? For, is that the same? Or is Monticello? Uh, that's no, that's Jefferson's where he, house. That's where his house is. This is actually in D.C. Is it on the... Uh, it's not quite on the mall. It's okay. on. It, it's across the river, actually, I believe, um, because I remember being able to see the Capitol and, and Washington Monument across the river when I was at it. Okay. This has been a long time ago, so I could be totally off on that. But uh, the thing I do remember is all the cherry blossoms that are yeah. there and yep. in Japan. And the reason we have them there yes. is because they were a, That's a, right. a, a gift. That's right. Uh, from the Japanese people. Yeah. Washington, you know, was said to have chopped down a cherry tree and, and then say that the devil made him do it, which isn't true at all. No. The devil doesn't make us do anything. No. And Washington didn't even say that. But there are cherry trees, again, overlapping, obscure reference. Yeah. Always. We're good always at that in, on this show. Always in this show. We're not good at everything, but we're good at that. We're good at overlapping, obscure references. That's right. The best. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give, you know. Can you end on something positive, maybe uh, something that would be uplifting where people go into the weekend, they're like, wow, I'm so glad it, the 13th came and went. I I'm, can celebrate the the accomplishments of, you know. I always love when we subject. bring these things up because then I have to, I, I look I, through. I try to wait till you click off of your website so that you I, have to I, go back and scramble. Yeah, I look through, <laughs> I look through these things and, and generally the, the, the site I use is always is sad. It's all negative stuff. Uh, Manny it's like Pacquiao. Bad news today. Manny Pacquiao defeated Timothy Bradley. We'll take for, it. We'll take it. To gain his his welterweight boxing title. Yeah, we'll quit. While so we're ahead. I think that probably as positive as I can get. That's right. Especially with the things surrounding it on my list. Not, yeah. Not, everything else is death and destruction. Yeah. A little more gray Despair. and sad. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I hope I hope that your uh, hairdo turns out nice yeah. as you head as out do here. I. So actually, where are you headed for real? Um, well, I'm going to check in on practice, and then I had to head to the doctors, actually. Okay. All right. So, Well, I don't know how to, how, what to life. wish you. I don't know what to uh, wish you on that. Well, I guess, right? Wish, yeah. I, I hope it goes well. I hope yeah, the doctor see? treats you nice. I hope I'm that sure. the table's usually, not too cold. They're friendly people. You know, I hope that the scale is, is friendly to you. So, all right, Lawrence, have oh, a great weekend. Is. Awesome. We're going to take a short break. Listeners, stick around. It's episode 260 of Live Till 5. It is Friday, April 13th, as you just heard from Lawrence. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this Harvest Highlights. With a little more live till five, episode two hundred and sixty on this Friday, April thirteenth, three thirty-one p.m. here at the KHMG studios. Joined in studio by someone that all of you regular listeners are very familiar with, Bob the Librarian. He supplies me with all kinds of great facts every week. I use the uh, list that I read off of all the observances. All come from Bob the Librarian as well. Bob, how are you doing today? 
Well, I'm just lovely. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, we have you up here. I mean, you're welcome to come anytime to the show. But today like specifically, that's, that's, this is a good uh, week to have you on the show because it coincides with at least two mega observances. One has been around about 50 years, and one has been around about 65 years. Oh, thanks, Pastor Jerry. We'll, we'll let the listeners figure it out as you go through your presentation. But Bob is a librarian here at uh, the Harvest Christian Academy Lang Memorial Library, and uh, he's been doing this a long time. He's going to say a little bit about that. So, Bob, take it away. Inform our listeners about what's going on in the world of... Library land? Yes, There you yes. go, library land. Well, we're just finishing up National Library Week. Normally, it's the week of my birthday, but this year it wasn't, so that was a bummer, but that's okay. And so the theme this year was libraries lead, and I thought, libraries lead what? Well, when I was doing research, you know, everybody has to do research sometime, you need to, I did research looking on the internet, so everybody goes to Google, but they, nobody should go to Google ever. Here goes, we're going to talk about meta search engines a little bit. And a meta search engine is something that searches multiple search engines at the same time. Whereas Google only indexes Google stuff. It doesn't look at Yahoo, doesn't look at Bing, doesn't look at it, uh, Expedia, or well, not Expedia, but any other individual sites. Mm -hmm. So if you use a meta search engine, it looks at all of them and then compiles all the information and lists only the most popular or best sites. So I always use dogpile.com which is a great search engine, and that's what I teach the kids to do is use Dogpile. So I looked on Dogpile to discover what I needed to discover about libraries and what's going on. So I was curious about when National Library Week really began. Well, yes, I was alive, just so you know. Okay. I was five at the okay. time. Okay, all right. That was in 1958 uh, when the first National Library Week happened. And at the time, libraries and the American book publishing companies got together and were trying to figure out or, well, they already knew that the people during that period of time were only watching TV, listening to the radio, but they weren't reading books or even newspapers to gain that information. And so they tried to get people to come back to the libraries. You know, it was, sitcoms were popular at that time, so they, and radio programs, they're all okay, but they weren't getting good data. So, the so I Love Lucy yeah. versus going to the library. Yeah, and I love I Love Lucy. I remember all those, mm -hmm. and Andy Griffin's show yeah. and all that. Yeah. Uh, Jetsons, I'll just date myself. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, that was all great stuff, but they were missing out on all that information that was found in libraries and librarians helping them find that information. So the American Library Association and the American Book Publishing Houses got together and created National Library Week. So that was in 1958. Wow. So the theme this year was, I'm still hung up on the theme, libraries lead what? Well, it's because of libraries that we have databases today. They were trying to figure out some way electronically to put card catalogs together so people didn't have to go through drawers and drawers and drawers of information. They could gain their information through a database. So the libraries got together way back then when, uh, I didn't look that part up, guilty, but back then on how to get this information and they talked to computing people and so databases happen, big databases happen because libraries asked about it. So they were leading the technology race back then and they're still leading the technology race uh, today. We have Kindles and we have all those things. It started because of libraries. Hmm. So they're leading the way in uh, research and in technology. So I thought, okay, that makes sense. 
So then I got to thinking this past week, why are libraries important? And um, I asked a couple kids, and I talked to some friends I have in the States, and they told me that they felt that um, they were important because of what technology had done and what, where they're going in the future. And I found this interesting blog. It's written by Maria Lenore Lehman. And the title of the article was The Importance of Library Today and Into Tomorrow. I want to read a little bit of that because she said it far better than I could ever say it. And she is going to use the analogy of architecture for a building uh, and relate it to a library. So the future of the library will be a knowledge center that is dynamic where not only the librarian, the books, whether real or virtual, and users engage in an interchange of ideas. But the library architecture acts as not only a surrounding framework, but also as a healthy space where ideas can flourish, live, grow, and even be protected. If it wasn't for libraries, we wouldn't have books today. I told a group of kids this morning that libraries way back when, they would only publish one or two books and they would chain them to the shelves so that people would have access. Bibles, the Catholic Church chained Bibles to bookshelves so that the people, one, didn't really know what was going on in the Bible, and two, the book wasn't stolen. So they, libraries protect that database, uh, protect that information. Thus, the importance of library relates as much to what goes on inside as it does, uh, as, excuse me, uh, thus the, for the importance of library relates as much to what goes on inside as it does to the building that houses the activities. In a great library architecture, ideas may prosper while those that come in contact with them learn, carry them in their minds as memories and behaviors, and share and teach them to the rest of the community. The library is important because it affects cultures, it affects innovation, and it affects individuals. So to me, that's what a library does. Absolutely. So, And the, I know that the Library of Congress mm -hmm. is a big part of the United States library system, but really, it's the from what I read, it's the largest library on the planet. Yes. And um, it is the heart of that original database you were talking about the library of congress really maintains um a record of everything yep. it's an archival record so that in the future generations a thousand years from now if the lord hasn't returned by then there will be an archive of mm -hmm. everything that existed in books and different types of media and things like that will 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 remain yep as a citizen of the united states you can borrow books from the library of congress Really? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. And every book, as you said, is that is published, multiple copies are sent to the Library of Congress. So they have everything that, it's like the Smithsonian of books. Anything that has been published, whether it is virtual or real, or, or hard copy, at the Library of Congress. Everybody should go see it if they're ever in D.C. The main reading room is incredible. Just incredible. It's multi-storied, right? Yep. Yeah, I've, yep. I've seen pictures of it. It's pretty it's, amazing. It's the time, the two times, well, I've been there twice. One time I went there, they were remodeling. Nobody got into the reading room. But because I was a librarian, I got to go behind the scenes. That was really cool. So then I wanted to share just, oh, yeah, you brought up it's my birthday next week. Yes. And, and <clears throat> you know, 
do you mind saying, you said, if people do the math, that they're going to be able to figure out 60 years ago was the first National Library Day, and you were five years old. So that makes you... 65, 65. on Tuesday of there next you go. week. 65. And I have been working in libraries for over 48 years. Since you were in high school. 17. I stand. And I'm going to talk about that. I want to read a little something I posted on Facebook. Okay. Because, you know, Facebook is everybody's, you know... Yeah. I feel sorry for Mark Zuckerberg, but he deserves what he got. That's right. So on my Facebook wall, I wrote the following comment today. been thinking about my life in library land. In 1970, I started as a library explorer in the Security Public Library. While in junior college, I worked full-time at the library. Mrs. Barbara Hamilton was the first library director that I ever worked for, and, and there were other ladies like Eloise Young and Rose Parkhill and Ethel Nielsen and Alice Hainstock. These ladies are all gone, but it's because of them I sit in this library today and work here. I would get to know more over the years, and some were great librarians, and one some were not so hot librarians. And I want to honor those women and men who trained me uh, because they were great librarians, and they got me to where I am today. And there were other names over the years, like Henrietta Watts. She was a hoot. She was the head cataloger at Moody Bible Institute when I was a student there, and I worked in that library for three years. Then I worked the Cosmopolitan National Bank Library, and Mr. Versillo, who was the vice president of the bank, saw me, and he said, I want you to work for me, and so I worked in a law library. Then, uh, before I came here, there was Leslie Manning and Christina Martinez and Rita Hug, and they were at the Kramer Family Library at the University of Colorado at Cara Springs. Then I came here, and I had some, I've had some really great supervisors. There was Sandra Gray and John McGrew, not librarians but great supervisors. And I'm very grateful for those that uh, are what make libraries great. So this last day of National Library Week, I declare Friday as a thank a librarian for helping you. In, you need to thank a librarian for helping you in a library in the community in which you live. If you aren't going to the Guam Public Library, you need to check them out. And they're back open on Saturdays. I heard about that. So yeah. I was pretty happy. Yeah. So. Uh, UOG has a library as well. Been out there and for they, some kids' you projects. You can use it. Uh, uh, you can borrow materials. It's a fee-based card. You have to become a friend right. of the library. I think it's a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. but I'm not real sure. So, yeah. and you know, like Pastor Jared, I like coming up. So I'll yeah. come anytime. We're we're great. So uh, today is officially Hug a Librarian Day. So if you see Bob Shuck uh, walking through the hallways, give him a hug. Wish him a happy birthday. Rethink that. Thank thank your librarian. And uh, so, Bob, as we wrap this up in this last minute, what is the best part of being a librarian? And then what's the most difficult part, the most challenging part? My favorite thing is when a child or an adult walks out of the library and they have the book they want. Mm. I feel I, I, they have made my day. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. The thing I hate worst is people that are not grateful. Mm and say hurtful things. When I worked at the university, I was my life was ch was challenged and I had police escorts back and forth. Really? And it was over stupid things. But in a library. Oh yeah. Oh wow. yeah. They're all human and they're all sinners, so it yeah, happens wherever true, it's at. True. But when somebody walks out of the library with a book in their hot little hand, I'm happy. There you go. Mr. Pastor Jared, what book are you reading now? Right now, I am reading a couple books. Um, Dream Manager, I'm just starting. I'm on my second pass through The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Oh, I've heard about that. That's a very good book on prayer. I just finished not too long ago um, Extreme Ownership 
by Jocko Willink. He was a Navy SEAL. And then I'm working through a couple other, I'm in taking a college class, so reading a textbook. So there you textbook. are. Even adults like to read. It's, it's true. If you, you can find something that is entertaining to you and uh, that also helps stretch you and help you mm-hmm. grow. Lifelong learning. Exactly. All right. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming up today. Really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you get a lot of hugs on your way out. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go work on Iowa's now. There you go. Iowa testing coming up. So, listeners, don't forget to thank your local librarian. Visit the other libraries here on Guam, the Guam Public Library, UOG Library, and, of course, our Lang Memorial Library here at Harps Christian Academy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bob. All right. Listeners, stick around. There's going to be a little more Live Till 5 after this short break. We're going to have What's in My Coffee and a few other things. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. With a little more live till five. Thank you, Bob the Librarian, for coming up and gracing the show with your presence. Happy birthday. Uh, I want to be the first to wish you a happy birthday. And then, as this show re airs on Saturday from noon to two and Sunday from seven to nine, it's like wishing you a happy birthday again. So that's like three times. Then, every time someone downloads the podcast, it'll be another happy birthday wish. So, in theory, I'm wishing you happy birthday like 17,000 times. So, Happy birthday. There, I just doubled it. So there you go. All right. Well, we're listening to Live Till 5 on this Friday, 3.50 p.m. We have a little time before the top of the hour, and then we're going to have some more time when we come back in the second hour to do a little more. But I want to at least get into our quiz of the day, and uh, I know Sebastian's put a little work into it today with our theme being books and libraries. I wanted to dig into the theme then second hour, what's in my coffee? We're already sipping on our drinks, but we're gonna we're gonna explain them to you. Second hour, and then uh, I have a gift for each of our our participants in the show today. So Sebastian's up first, though. Yeah, I have an inspiring quiz, and it's about the trivia from the books of the Bible. Oh, hey, there you, you go. Get it? You get it? Yes. Inspiring quiz. Nice. I, I get it now. <laughs> yes, I do. I see. I see what you did there. God's inspired word. Okay. Yeah, got it. Well, all right. Well, we've got Joe and we've got Jared. We'll let Joe go first again and see. We're going to test our theory on those who go first win. Sounds it's good. pretty true. It's 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 you worked out. We've tested it a number of times. Two weeks yes. in a row. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you know your Bible, Joe. If you don't, oops. You want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. Question number one: Which of these books is the longest book of the Bible in English? based from word count genesis jeremiah psalms or ezekiel oh that's a tricky question i want to say psalms but then you said based on word count i know there's a lot of short chapters like i don't know uh do you say jeremiah was an option yep jeremiah jeremiah you know i think jeremiah might be it Mm. by word count Hmm. 
Um, I just did a series of devotionals in Genesis, and I'm, you know, every time I read through Genesis, I'm kind of shocked by how long it is. It's yeah. a really long book. Yeah. 50 chapters. I, I would have I initially guessed Psalms if you wouldn't have given me any choices. Since I just read through Genesis, I'm going to guess Genesis. All right. All right. Well, you're all wrong. It is Psalms. Really? Whoa. That was too easy. <laughs> Low-hanging so, fruit. Actually, it's interesting. Because of Psalm 119. Interesting information. Yeah. Um, while yeah. Psalms is the longest book in the Bible, around 43,000 words, it is actually co- compiled from five books. So whereas Jeremiah, being a single book, is around 42,000 words, and in the original language, it is longer than Psalms. Really? Jeremiah wow. Is, yeah. Okay. Wow. So okay. uh, but that's why I have to say in English and, you know, the word count, because that could mean multiple things, you know. Wow. Is Jeremiah the second longest book? Yeah, so yeah. Jeremiah comes in second in English, yeah. Um, so question number two, what book opens the word opens with the words, now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus? 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah, <laughs> Esther, Second Chronicles, or Job? Now it came to pass in the days of, of Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't. Take, I did take Greek actually, but never mind. That's not even Greek. <laughs> it doesn't even it was, matter. And I think, <laughs> the funny thing is, I think he was Ahasuerus the second. He was like Ahasuerus Junior. I think is who he was. Ahasuerus. Nehemiah, Esther, Second Chronicles, or Job. Second Chronicles is my second guess. Chronicles. Wow. It, the, the the beginning of this, this book yeah, starts off like that. So one okay. was in his summer. Ne- Nehemiah's boss. When it was when Xerxes was in his summer palace. I That's think it's right. Esther. I think it's Esther. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Esther as well. Congrats. It is Esther. Good I job, thought, guys. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Joe. Wow. I'm shocked <laughs> so I knew that. Yeah. I'm shocked. It's been a while since yeah. I've heard anyone say a hash wears. <laughs> well, I didn't even say it right. So it's been a while <laughs> yeah. longer. Yeah. You got to, <laughs> when you're doing the quiz, you got to look it well, up. I right? tried. I did, but oh. I just forgot. Don Phonics. <laughs> what book of the Bible opens with the words, God? Who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past. Oh, wow. Ezra, Hebrews, Acts, or Genesis? No, not Genesis. So Ezra, Hebrews, or Acts. I, I really like the way God, that's worded. who at sundry times and Ezra. in diverse manners. Ezra. Ezra. <clears throat> Hebrews. 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 He- Hebrews, it is. Yeah. Joe, you're Jim. going up good. Thank you for breaking. No, thank you for breaking the mold. A pastor and a college Bible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> did you teach Bible at Maranatha? No, not Bible. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> Question number four: Which of these is the shortest book of the Bible in English, based on? Based you have on a chance of this one, Joe. Jude, Philemon, Second John, Third John, Third John. I think he's right, Third John. Hey, make it a make it three strikes. You're out. I think yeah. Third John. Correct. Because it, it only John. takes up this much of the page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah just at, by eyeballing it, mm-hmm. sitting yeah. at 219 words with Second John at 245 words. So in English, it's an interesting book, though. There's mm-hmm. actually a couple of interesting Water. verses in there where you go, "Oh, I don't remember seeing that ever yeah, before." Right. Very interesting. All right. Last question here. I think it's easy. Um, in which book does Jesus address the seven churches in Asia? Matthew, Luke, John, or Revelation? It's Sebastian's Revelation. favorite book as well. <laughs> really? Revelation. Seems like it. Is Revelation my favorite I book? would say uh, Revelation. Revelation. Correct. It's Revelation. Good job, We didn't guys. get any points on those two because we were no. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
So what was the final score? The final score is Jared and Chris at two. Two. Okay. All right. Well, technically, Do we have are, a tiebreaker of some sort? Four. Um, tiebreaker is a uh, thumb war. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> like thumb wrestling. <laughs> oh. Well, we only have Maybe about later. <laughs> two and a half minutes before we need to wrap up this hour. So I don't have enough time to get into what's in my coffee. But let me run a couple facts about libraries by you guys. Uh, Joe is actually from the region of the country where the oldest libraries happen to be because it's the earliest part of yeah. American European history, mm-hmm. that is. You know, there was people in America before then. But uh, here's a couple things. Um, I looked up some of the oldest libraries, Joe. Hold on. Let me get it from my pile of papers here. And uh, Peterborough, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Has okay. the, I think it's the fourth. Uh, it's the old Peterborough Library. It's, it's right downtown, not too far from the Peterborough Diner, right around the corner yeah, there. Yeah, um, There's also Sturgis Library in, uh, what is that? Uh, Barnstable, Massachusetts. There's the Withrow Library, which is in Castine, Maine. There's the Scoville Library, which they believe is the, which is, they don't believe, it is the oldest. (laughs) That's in Salisbury, Connecticut. It is, but they don't believe it. Salisbury, Connecticut. Then you have the Redwood Library. Redwood Library uh, is in Rhode Island, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. So, Hmm. and then finally, you have the Peabody Library. Which is in Thefford, Vermont. So, do they say Peabody though? Peabody, in, they if might you go to Massachusetts and Peabody. You, you go to Peabody. Hey, <laughs> it's not, a Peabody, not Peabody. No. Yeah, right. And uh, the one in Peterborough, because Joe used to live not too far from there. I live right next door to P- Peterborough, Dublin, New Hampshire. Right next to Peterborough has one. Their library is only one year newer, I believe. It was built almost the same time. Hmm. And so it's also one of the oldest libraries in America. And it was beautiful. It was like an old stone house, basically, the way it was laid out. And uh, everyone in the community loved the library, probably because there was not much else to do in that community. I mean, really, it was, it's a small town, yeah. and the library was the central – it was the center of all activity in town, the yeah. Dublin Library. Yeah, a lot of times, like the townhouses and the libraries have the same building. In, yes, uh, in like the smaller towns of New England. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, and they're beautiful, and they, like, even in uh, Dublin, that's where a lot of the town meetings happen mm-hmm. in the basement of the library. Yeah. Um, that's it was right next door to the police station, across from the town hall, across from the old church. So a lot of neat things happening there, and they put a lot of money into it. The property taxes and things would go yeah. back into the libraries and things like that. So. It's also where you could get uh, DVDs and Blu-rays for free. So if you're a library member, um, instead of going to the video rental store 30 miles away in Keene, New Hampshire, you just go to the Dublin Library and you can get like two movies at a time for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was it was fun. I really enjoyed the Dublin Library. The Peterborough Library was famous. They would do field trips there. I think my kids got to go there. So yeah, cool. Well, uh, I think we have about a minute before the top of the hour. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back... I like to do what's in my coffee, and I like to give you guys a few gifts. Gifts, as they wow. say. Okay? All right, so guys, stick around. Listeners, stick around as well. This is Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 260 on this Friday, the 13th of April, here at KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News and another hour of Live Till 5.
accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, accentuate the positive, and latch on. And we're back with a second hour of Live Till 5, 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, April 13th, 2018, for those of you listening way in the future. Maybe you've picked up on this signal in the year 2325 as it's someone's pot downloaded this thing called a podcast. Right. And then they've transferred it to 17 different types of communication devices. Right. And now, four centuries in the future, <laughs> you are listening to this. Well, you're listening to what was originally recorded on April 13th, 2018. Right. A.D. So, there you go. Hey, anyway, and this is the music we listen to in this day. This is one of the hit songs of the day, right? Big, here. In my big, last days, last I'm going to listen to this this Live Till 5 episode. I'm like, oh, I remember that time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we, someday, Lawrence will look back at this day and read it as one of the big events of this day in history. It could happen. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, moving right along. Listeners, thank you for listening. This is KHMG 88.1 FM. You're listening to Live Till 5. This is episode 260 of our show. It's a live local talk and variety program where we just have a little entertaining two hours of our Friday afternoons. If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. You can also download the podcast through khmg.org. And follow us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. We'd love to hear from you. Now, it is time for us to play a little What's in My Coffee. Every week, our friends, the baristas, down at the Hub, the Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop, they provide us with these great drinks, and they surprise us. They write the description of the drink on a little note card, and then they give that to us, and so we have to guess what's in the drink. And we've been doing this ever since, I believe, ever since maybe the first or second episode. So we always like to give a little recognition where recognition is due. The Hub brings us this part of the show, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, a few other gift items, some school spirit stuff. Got some great hats down there. If you're into hats, you yeah. should go down there. It's a great hat place. Anyway, let's play a little What's in My Coffee. We're all taking sips of our drinks here. We're going to try and come up with some descriptive terminology so that you, the listener, will want to swing by the hub. It's open 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, all the school days, after Sunday morning church as well, and you can get anything on the menu. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. I'll go first today. Mmm. Ooh. Ah. Mmm. That's a... It's an iced drink. It's... It's dark like chocolate milk uh it is it has a a bite to it like espresso or a dark chocolate mix it definitely is creamy i think it's a it might be a iced mocha straight up iced mocha with no extra flavoring in it but i'm not certain lawrence is really the drink whisperer up here so joe what does yours taste like it is also an ice drink, and um, it is a, a fruit splash. I'm guessing it is pineapple. Mm. I'm not positive, though. I think it's pineapple. Yep. Okay. All right. Sebastian. Seba- Sorry, I have hiccups. <laughs> Sebastian. I got, I got Sebastian. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Well, 
I mean, it does. It tastes like dirt, but it was ground this morning. So, oh boy, <laughs> come on! Oh Everyone's boy. laughing. Guam is in the uproar right <laughs> yes, now. I know it. Someone literally just swerved <laughs> off the road. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. Well, actually, it's a. It's the coffee's. It, I mean, tastes like it's hot. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's warm. It's pretty creamy. Creamy. Chocolatey at all? Not chocolatey. You know, sometimes they do that to us. They'll like have a. They'll they'll do something where they'll do a cold version and a hot version, but yeah. you don't think it's the same as mine. No, I, I think it's just a creamy... Um, Does it have coffee flavor in it? Yeah. Creamy coffee. Creamy yeah. vanilla bean? <laughs> creamy vanilla Is bean? Is it vanilla? Because they can make a hot creamy vanilla bean. Yes. And I guess I'm going to go with the hot creamy vanilla bean. Okay. No. All right. You don't have to. I mean, I'm not trying to twist No, I up. really don't know what Don't give any peer pressure. I'm bad at labeling coffees. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, Chris, how about yours? You have a hot drink? What I'm drinking is a hot drink. It's like a, um, this is like a hot everyday drink. Okay. It's kind of like home. It's kind of like a friend. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, part of my routine. Like It's like that it's, sweatshirt you slip on every Friday afternoon before you sit down to eat your pizza and watch your program with your kids. I don't wear a sweatshirt, but... <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, yeah. or, or whatever, or whatever, yeah. you know. No. And and it actually has my name on it because okay. they knew this is my regular drink. Wow, they weren't trying to poison you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the vessel. Make sure with, he gets that. The vessel one. with the pestle <laughs> has the brew that is true, but the flagon with the dragon has the potion with the motion. I can't remember what the <laughs> what last the, the last little bit. You've never heard that before. <laughs> I've never. Chris heard. can tell you what that's from. <laughs> yeah, it's from a Danny K movie. It is I, Danny K. the Black Fox. Is that what it um, is? I, yeah, it's the he's the black fox. I think the it's called. Oh boy, maybe some of our listeners remember. But Danny Kay was a a funny actor. He's in White Christmas. He's the redheaded guy in White Christmas. The vessel with the pestle has the pellet with the poison. Yep, but the flagon the, with the dragon has the, the brew that, that is true. true. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the vessel with the pestle has the pellet with the poison. Don't drink that. Yep, but the flagon with the dragon. Has the brew that is true. But he got it backwards. He got it mixed up. And he started saying the vessel with the pestle has the brew that is true, but the flagon with the dragon has the... <laughs> Pill with the poison. The, the, the pellet with the poison. Pellet with the poison, yeah. And then, and then you're in trouble because now you've drank the wrong... Yeah. It's basically that movie, boy, I wish I could remember the name of it, is a retelling, like a musical funny version of the old story called uh, Scaramouche, I think is the, okay. the original... Yeah story and it's kind of like a funny comedy anyway hey what's your drink taste there's a there's a great uh there's like a little remix thing on youtube that the last time we had this discussion yes i googled it and then i came up with the uh the the video that's kind of like a remix version okay it's all right i gotta look that up up. anyway look that up this is a hot mocha because that's okay they know what I come And that order. would make sense because that and would be consistent with they usually mocha. do an iced version and a hot version. Yeah. Let's uh let's do the big reveal because so. that's what people are really waiting for. Did you describe uh, yours already? Uh I did. I went first. first. Oh. Uh let's see here. Uh number one drink, that's uh that's uh 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 Joe. Yeah, that's me. Calamansi. Ah, Calamansi. With Passion fruit, I bet you. Passion yeah, fruit. I wasn't even close. <laughs> they keep making me say that. I don't like saying passion fruit people. <laughs> anyway, um, and it has a berry-flavored LaCroix. LaCroix. So it's not made mm. just with soda water. It's made with berry-flavored LaCroix. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, number two. Is you. M- m- is it? Yeah. Oh, it's a mint mocha. Mm. I have a little mint in there. Funny Didn't thing notice is, it. that's the one with the pellet with the poison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> number three. That's it. 
Danny court, Kaye. Court, court, court jester. The court, court jester. jester. That's right. So he goes from being the funny guy yes, to being right. the black fox, yes. who's like the Robin yes. Hood character, and he goes back and forth. And he and I think the black fox he gets bumped on the head or someone. Yes. Oh, he gets hypnotized. And they snap their fingers. He becomes the black fox, great swordsman, all this. And then they snap fingers back, and he's like dancing and telling jokes. Yeah, because he's 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 totally incompetent when he's, he's the worst. He's real self. Yes, but when he's the black fox, he's daring. That's right, and daring and debonair. Brash. And- yep. And yep. skillful and, and they just, all that. All the ladies love them. Okay, and then, uh, Sebastian, <laughs> you have just a straight-up latte. All right, he's Latte. Three. Oh, you have... No, three. Oh, three, mocha. Four, oh, okay. latte with honey. I knew it. I didn't know you could put honey in a latte. <laughs> wow. But, you know, I had a honey latte at a competing coffee shop here, and it was pretty good. Really? It had butter and honey in it, actually. Butter. Butter? Yeah, yeah. What? Drink butter? Yeah, it melts in there, and you put a little honey in it. It actually was pretty good. Kind of, a little bit on the sweet side, but anyway, oh. that's not how ours is. No butter in ours. Okay, so now it's time to give away some gifts here. It is Library Month, Library Week, Book Days, Bob's Birthday. I mean, you name it. We've got like 15 different celebrations going on. They all relate to books. So I want to uh, give you guys some books, but you have to draw randomly. So stand by one second. Stand by. Standing by. All right. First, I'm going to have you draw <laughs> draw out of the bag uh, without looking one book. This is more of a book that is uh, not spiritual. Okay? Not necessarily spiritual. spiritual. So this is a, a non-spiritual book, and then I'll also give you a spiritual book. So, Joe, feel in there. There you go. You pull out there any book. Here's one. There you go. Okay, that now? one actually happens to be a little spiritual. So you can you can re- do the reveal. You can you can tell the audience what it is. Right. It is Act Like Men by James McDonald. There you go. That's I actually a very good book. Well, you know, it's t- the Lord knows what Joe. This is means. what I've been saying to Joe over <laughs> and over. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Got to act like a man. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Sebastian, what did you get there? Ooh, On the Run, Deserters Through the Ages. Whoa. A wall. There you go. All right. And then oh. Chris can wow. draw from Very the from the bag so of books here. I'm gonna draw the small one. Okay, the Pompadoro technique. <laughs> Pomodoro, right? Pomodoro technique, <laughs> which is tom- Italian for tomato. Oh, haven't you ever heard of this? It's the it's where you set a short timer to do all your tasks. They found that you are much more efficient if you set set a short timer. So in Europe, they use these little Italian tomato shaped timers, kind of like we have egg timers. They have wow. tomato timers. And the it's Pomodoro about technique. Time management. It Pomodoro is. technique. Yes, there you go. Now I have a spiritual book for each of you too, so stand by. This is the world. Joe's book. getting a double spiritual. Yeah, this one is already spiritual. <laughs> and if and you're welcome to re-gift because that re-gift. might or might not be how I got is this some of these like books. The white elephant uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I, I want this to be now I these books act are like men. I gave uh, Bob the Librarian a Proverbs journal earlier. Journal. Those are really good. So Okay, Joe, reach in there. Is grab. that a real word? Journable? Journable. That's the name of the brand of oh, the that's book. That's the microphone. Oh. Can't grab that. <laughs> All right. Found a microphone. What do you got there, Joe? <laughs> it Ooh. is the MacArthur oh, New Testament wow. commentary. Oh, Acts. I think on the book, Acts. 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 book of Acts. Acts. There you go. I think it's the first half of the book of Acts. Love the book of Acts. Yes. Okay. All right. Actually, I think I have that. I have that on Kindle, though. Glad I didn't pull. Oh, he pulled uh, two uh, out. Uh, which one you want? Just left or right? Left. left. Get, Your right. left is there. that one. Okay, there you go. It's on grapes. What? What is this? Look on the binding, maybe. Talk oh, yeah, through the, back, the New Testament. On the back. There you go. 
talk through the New Testament. There you go. That's a good one. <laughs> it's on grapes. It's there's, on grapes. there's just a little grape graphic <laughs> on the front. Mm, it's, it's a, a great book. There you go. It's a it's a very basic outline of the New Testament in a real practical commentary. Ooh. Here you go, Chris. Reach in the bag of books okay, here. Okay. Bag of blessing. There you go. Oh, speaking of MacArthur. MacArthur New Testament commentary. And do you already Colossians? have that? No, I do not. Okay, there you go. Do not have it. That's a very good one. Colossians and Philemon. There you go. I know what I'm doing for take note in the next few weeks. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> I want it to be a blessing. So there you go, guys. It's book week, and I took these right off my own shelf, or maybe some of my office mates' shelves, and then given them away. No, they're they were my books, but I just want to pass on to you the joy of learning and uh, studying, and hopefully those are a help to you. If hey, you thanks. you pass them on to someone else, you're not hurting my feelings either, because it just it's the gift that keeps on giving and giving. Thanks, so, Jared. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you, Jared. See, also, I felt bad because last week we made you eat Braunschweiger, and uh, that was life. that was not necessarily the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. That's the that's the gift that takes away um, all your you know happiness for the evening because you have Braunschweiger in your stomach. So you know, my whole life is sort of a Pomodoro uh, technique. Is it with radio because you only have a certain amount of time to that's get right. everything done? That's right, and there's shorter to times. apply. Mm-hmm. Yes, this this show is sort of like your version of. A Friday Pomodoro it is. technique. It is. It's amazing. Wow, I like that. We got it. That's good. We're applying the books right to the show and all that. It's great. There you go. We're already, this show just became an educational show in just a few minutes. And we went from entertainment to education, back and forth, toggling. So listeners, stick around. You're going to hear more live till five after <laughs> this break. Joe, thanks for coming around today. Yeah, Enjoy. Sebastian, thank you very much for the quiz and everything else you do to make my life so special. You're welcome. And hope your wife feels better. Chris, <laughs> you'll be back in just a little bit anyway yeah, with the news. the news. Listeners, stick around more live till five after this short break. With a little more live till five, episode two hundred and sixty on this Friday, April thirteenth. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, this is KHMG. A little stranger than fiction, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. Did you know? Could you guess what the happiest country on the planet might be? It might surprise you. What's the happiest country on the planet? At least of the countries. That they surveyed. I don't know if the the super tiny countries are considered like San Marino and Monte Carlo and Vatican City and places like that. But other than that, what's the happiest country on the planet? Well, if you said Finland, you'd be correct. Finland, the world's happiest country, according to Reuters. This is an annual survey issued a couple of weeks ago found Americans were getting less happy even as their country became 
less happy. Burundi came at the bottom of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network 2018 World Happiness Report, which ranked 156 countries. According to such things as GDP per capita, social support, healthy life expectancy, social freedom, generosity, and absence of corruption. So uh, a few, few issues that someone objective might have with this survey is it sounds very weighted towards social issues as if social issues equate to happiness. So happiness is a little bit subjective to begin with. And then some of these issues sound very socially oriented. So anyway, I don't know if this is, if this is entirely, you know, where you would land if you were writing an objective survey of 156 countries. But anyway, taking the harsh, dark winters in their stride, Finns said access to nature, safety, childcare, good schools, and free healthcare were among the best things about their country. So uh, they rose from fifth place last year to oust Norway from the top spot. The 2018 top 10 uh, is always dominated by Nordics. Finland, Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, Netherlands, Canada, New Zealand, Sweden, and Australia. The United States came in 18th, down from 14th last year. Britain was 19th. United Arab Emirates was 20th. So very interesting. I don't know, you know, sometimes just because it's out there doesn't make it absolutely true. It just means it's out there. Uh, This one I just saw pop up today. Maybe you saw this on Fox News. Jockey mistakes a 15-foot-long python for a quote-unquote big crack on a horse's racetrack April 12th. Here, the jockey uh, and his horse were stopped in their tracks, literally. Uh, Masayuki Abe was rounding the corner on his horse at the Cannon Park Racecourse in Kansas, Australia, around 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday, when he spotted what looked to be like a, a big crack in the ground. The gateman yelled, be careful, there's a big... And then Abe couldn't make out the end of the man's sentence, so he continued galloping towards the sand track on the sand track on his last lap he discovered what he was being warned about the dark shadow he was seeing was actually a giant carpet python slithering across the track this thing was 15 feet long folks it's huge and basically instead of doing something about it they just waited a few hours for it to leave the track i don't know if that was here in Guam, and it was on the soccer field, for example, if everyone just wait for it to slither into the jungle nearby. Uh, I saw this. In Amsterdam, uh, they take the highway uh, past the Dutch village of Jeslam very seriously. They, they, they have enhanced the highway past this little town very seriously. They actually, the road plays a tune as you drive by. The tune is created when a car um, uh, drives over the strips and usually deployed on the side of a major road to warn drivers they're straying off course. If hit at the correct speed, 60 kilometers per hour or 40 miles per hour, the road will sing out the anthem um, of the Friesland region, a northern part of the Netherlands that has a distinct language and culture. See, there's another Dutch thing. We just always have Dutch things on the radio for some reason. But it is loud and... And the sound travels, the locals say, and they don't like the musical road. It's created a never-ending cacophony that keeps them awake at night. Last Saturday night, the taxis were driving from Lourdes to Steins. And on the way back, they tried to go across the lines as quickly as possible. And we had the anthem played all night at a high speed. 
said resident Ria Jansma. The Friesland Authority has agreed to remove the rumble strips later this week, local newspapers uh, reported. So, very interesting. Creative idea, but the implications. Here's an interesting story. This is from Ashoro, Japan. A 112-year-old Japanese man born months before Albert Einstein published his theory uh, of special relativity was recognized on Tuesday as the world's oldest man. A farmer and lumberjack in his youth, Nonaka, later ran a hot springs inn in his hometown of Ashoro off of the Hokkaido Island, north of Tokyo, and raised two sons and three daughters. The Guinness World Records title for the oldest man who ever lived is held by another Japan man who died in 2013 at the age of 116 and 54 days. The greatest authenticated age for any human is 122 years old, 164 days. That was Jean-Louis Calment of France, who died in 1997. So, he is the oldest man. Congratulations. 112 years old. 112 years old. We're going to take a short break here in a second, but I want to give you just a few fun facts about libraries because having Bob the Librarian up here in today's theme being books, from bestsellers to bibliophiles, just wanted to mention... According to the American Library Association, 58% of adults in the United States have a library card. That means 42% don't. The Library of Congress is the world's largest library. contains 160 million items. According to the American Library Association, students in the United States make 1.5 billion visits to school libraries during the school year. The highest library in the world, like elevation-wise, is in Shanghai, China. 60 floors above the street level. That's about 757 feet. And then finally, the largest overdue fine for a library book was $345.14 because the book was 47 years overdue. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Chris about the news. We're going to talk a little more about bibliophiles and bestsellers. And of course, the best-selling, most important book in all of history, the Bible. So stick around a little more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till 5. It is Friday, April 13th, 4.33 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios, joined by, he never really left, but all-around good guy and station manager, Chris Harper, with the news. Chris, what's happening in the news? Well, we're going to chart uh, start, I should say, in China. Chinese authorities have torn down, quote, two or three crosses adorning Christian churches in one county, because they were, quote, illegally built, unquote. State media was quoting an official in uh, that on Tuesday. They officially atheist ruling Communist Party has tightened some restrictions and oversight of religious practice in China under President Xi Jinping. 
carrying out controversial controversial cross demolition campaigns in East China. Now, I was I have sort of in my um, on my phone I have a a podcast from a missionary in China. Um, that I know, and, and I'm going to try to listen to it, but he is saying the same thing, that what they're seeing in China is a, a new wave of crackdowns on non... It's not necessarily just on Christians. It's on non-government-sanctioned religious activity, hmm. I think is what you could call it. Yeah. So this story certainly consistent with that as well. Uh, deadly crashes involving Tesla and Uber Technologies vehicles operating entirely or in part under automated systems have made a once abstract problem very real for the auto industry as lawyers gathered at a recent conference to talk about this. It is crucial, they said, that companies accurately outline limitations of automatic driving systems and the circumstances in which they can or cannot take over the steering, the braking, or the lane keeping. This is from attorneys um, from U.S. units of car makers, including Hyundai, Toyota, Volkswagen, and others as well. The American Bar Association conference took place just a few miles from the scene of a fatal accident involving an Uber test vehicle in autonomous mode. The crash cranked up pressure on self-driving vehicle uh, industry officials to prove that their software and sensors are indeed safe. The House on Thursday rejected a GOP-led effort to try and amend the Constitution to require a balanced federal budget. The vote was staged to try to demonstrate that Republicans controlling Washington care about budget deficits that have spiraled on their watch. The 233 to 184 tally fell well short, as expected, of the two-thirds requirement to pass the proposed amendment to the Constitution. It came just a few weeks after GOP leaders engineered passage of a budget-busting $1.3 trillion catch-all government funding bill, much criticized, both sides of the aisle for that, and after passage last year of sweeping tax cuts that would add about $1.8 trillion to the debt over the coming decade. Um, there is There are offsets for growth, but growth is never guaranteed, of course, so there are offsets for growth, uh, but no balanced budget amendment at this point. The only other thing I had here was the um, was Mark Zuckerberg talking mm-hmm. uh, before the Senate. Facebook Inc. shares rose on Tuesday to their highest in almost three weeks as Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, fended off questions from U.S. senators on how the social network handles user data and plans to counter attempts at interfering in U.S. elections. Zuckerberg repeated his apologies uh, from Monday for a range of problems that has beset their company. Uh, the 33-year-old internet mogul broke new, or little new ground, I should say, in this joint hearing of the U.S. Senate's Commerce and Judiciary Committees, meaning there was nothing really new that was released during this. But you did get some of the uh, maybe thinking behind what Facebook plans to do about some of the problems. I've been... Um, 
I've been talking to students about this, doing classic college classes for years, talking to students about internet marketing and e-commerce and things like this, uh, about the dangers of posting personal information on social networks and not reading, because we're in a culture now where we do not read what we sign on to. I thought this is a serious problem for years. You realize if you sign up for something now, there's usually a really long set of terms and conditions. Right. And you and I don't know anybody who reads them. Right. So when you get into a situation where you are not reading the terms and conditions, uh, you open yourself up to a lot of privacy concerns, especially if you're using something like Facebook, which stores uh, thousands of pieces of data and stores all kinds of data that you don't understand you've submitted to them. Like if you post a picture that has products from your house in it, those products are identified in the photographs and you're identified as having some affinity with those products. Uh, it could identify people that are in the photographs, what kind of clothing they're wearing, what brand of clothing they're wearing, what kind of car they're driving. Um, what time well, if you have your location on, uh, it, Facebook will ask you, were right. you just at this restaurant? Right. Did they have covered parking? I get that all the time here, even right. on Guam. And so it knows where you were at. Therefore, it can target what type of ads to send you by proximity. Right. And I've used in the past doing web development, the Facebook API, which you can pull in all manner of data. I've used Facebook advertising. We even use Facebook advertising here. Facebook advertising will really open your eyes to what you can find out about people because you can choose from thousands of different uh, options for people's preferences and target only those people who do something uh, at a certain time of the year or buy certain kinds of products or mention certain types of things. And I think it would be wise for us. Maybe this could be a wake-up call for us to understand that there are indeed privacy concerns. Because I remember talking to students about this and them kind of laughing at me. Right. Well, those Some of those same students, literally the exact same students, um, I saw posting on Facebook how horrified they were by how Facebook has stolen private data. Yeah. Well, again, it was the same thing. Everybody thinks it's kind of a joke yeah. until something wrong occurs. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's not a joke anymore. So kind of a serious thing, yeah. but, uh, but something we don't have any sort of handle on at this point. Yeah, uh, None of us can really explain. Even just knowing about it for a lot of years, you don't exactly know what all information they have. What I would encourage people to do is there is a way for you to go onto Facebook and download all the data that's in your profile. Hmm. There's, a, there's a, a download link. You can probably Google how to do it, but I just mm -hmm. did it the other day, and you'd be amazed by what you've given wow. Facebook. Yeah, they're not stealing it. That's what you're giving them for free. Right, and you probably signed off on something. Yeah. They've probably right. done it absolutely legally, Yeah, um, not even in secret. I just had a thing pop up. I My phone was in the shop for a couple of days this week, and when I got it back, I opened up Facebook for the first time, yep. and a little disclaimer popped up, took up the whole screen of my phone and said... Um, we would like to inform you of your privacy rights. Mm -hmm. And then it had a couple paragraphs that said, would you like to go there now? And I X'd off of it. I didn't have time. I was right. walking to my car, but I should have, you know, come back to that. I just, now that we're saying this, I should go back and look at that because 
I mean, your information is a precious commodity. Um, that's why everyone's fighting for it. That's why there's so many people abusing it as well. So, And read, read the term. One time, just before you sign up for something, read the terms and conditions. Right, right. I just take the extra minutes. I promise you, you're going to find something in there, and you're going to say to yourself, what? Yeah. I can't believe that's in there. Right. I promise you, you will, yep. because I've read them, and they, they say a lot of things like they can use any of your data in their promotional materials. Yep. They can use it to, they can publish it in different ways that you didn't necessarily agree to, and they're trying to be a little bit less aggressive with that, most of the social networks, but there are going to be things in there that you did not realize were in there, and you're going to be surprised that were there, so it would be a good be a good moment for you to maybe mm. try to read one. Well, thanks for the news, Chris. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Let me bounce a couple things off of you. First off, have you ever heard of Marty Stouffer's Wild America? It used to be a pu- public television show before there was Animal Planet. I was mentioning this because it's it's uh, yes. wildlife filming uh, see, day this weekend. I think. See, I'm thinking of Mutual of Omaha's Wild it was, Kingdom. It was like that, but this was the public television uh, version, oh, and it okay. was um, Marty Stouffer. I recognize Marty Stouffer. that name. But yeah, I, so it was, uh, let's see here, I have it highlighted here. It's International Wildlife Film Week, which made me, it starts tomorrow. And uh, I was just thinking about that because we used to, on Saturday nights, public television had a, I think it was a two-hour program called Wild America. And it was basically um, wildlife f- videography where he would set up something like in the in the snow uh, and the the arctic foxes are building their nest and it's literally him filming all aspects of their life it was it was just like mutual omaha's show actually and uh it was marty stouffer he did it for years yeah and uh, anyway that's I, cool i love know. that kind of stuff yeah that's i great. think it's it might be available uh through youtube um okay so we're talking about books today i wanted to run a few things by you because i came across a list of some of the most expensive books out there uh number 12 the tales of beetle the bard 3.98 million. And the thing is, this is a book that is a fictional book about fictional books. This is the J.K. Rowling um, Tales of Beetle the Bard appears in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows as a farewell gift from Dumbledore to Herm, uh, Herm, Hermione. Yeah, Hermione. Yes. I've never and seen so, that. But, but yeah. this is, it's not even a real, it's a fake book about a fake book. And it's worth 3.98 <laughs> million because it was J.K. Rowling's. Uh, first one um there's another one the treatise of fruit trees 4.5 million dollars uh the next one the gutenberg bible 4.9 million dollars for a gutenberg bible Mm -hmm. number let's see the next one william shakespeare's comedies histories and tragedies 6.16 million uh that one's from 1623 the birds of america 11.5 million beautiful paintings of birds in that book there uh, Rothschild's Prayer Book, thirteen point four million. Hmm. The Bay Psalm Book. Now I've heard of this before. The Bay Psalm Book, fourteen point one six five million. It's the first book ever printed in what is now known as the United States and was created in sixteen forty in Cambridge, Massachusetts, twenty years after the Pilgrims had arrived. Nowadays, a total of eleven copies are believed to be distributed throughout the country in universities such as Harvard and Yale and libraries such as the New York Public Library and the Library of Congress. American financier David Rubenstein bought a copy of the printed book for fourteen point one six five million from Boston's Old South Church. Right. 
Number three, Cuthbert's Gospel, St. Cuthbert's Gospel, also known as the Stonyhurst Gospel. It's the Gospel of John, 14.3 million. Number two, way above that, the Magna Carta, 21.2 million. And the number one most expensive book on the planet that's been sold, I mean, some of them might be priceless and never going to be sold, but yeah. it's been sold, 30.8 million, the 72-page long journal, Scientific Writings of Leonardo da Vinci, document ancient findings such as where to locate fossils and why the moon is luminous, written single-handedly by the mathematician himself, the volume was sold at Christie's auction in 1994, the Codex Leicester, or Leicester. Uh, or Leicester? Or, or Leicester. Leicester. Could be Leicester. Could be Leicester. Could be Codex Leicester. Hmm. I don't know how Da Vinci would have said it. But Microsoft founder Bill Gates is the one who bought it for $30.8 million for one book. Hmm. It's kind and, of a journal, though, right? I Isn't think it, it is. Kind of yeah. A journal? yeah. 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 You have um, the all-time best-selling books. This is as of a couple years ago, but all-time best-selling books. Uh, Mao Zedong's uh, works of uh, Mu, uh, the tongue, I guess is how you say it. He has 820 million copies sold as of when the survey was taken. J.K. Oh. Rowling uh, occupies the next two spots. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien... Uh, Dan Brown, The Da Vinci Code, different different books, Anne Frank's Diaries, 27 million, but far exceeding every other book ever sold, the Bible, mm-hmm. 3.9 billion copies. It outpaces the next greatest book by uh, tenfold almost, um, depending on which list. And then, of course, the most popular books of all time, and then I'll let you go, Chris. Just wow. someone to bounce things off of, so I'm not so lonely. Sure. Uh, the Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Dream of the Red Chamber, and Then There Were None, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, She, The Story of History, The Little Prince, The Da Vinci Code, and Catcher in the Rye are the top ten best-selling books of all time outside hmm. of the Bible. The Bible is not even on the list because it exceeds this by so much. It's, it's not, not even in the same even, category. No, not even the same category. The Bible sells 100 million copies a year, and those are sold copies. And I know the Gideons, they produce, like, in in the millions of copies. Sure. I was just talking to one of the Gideons here on Guam recently, and he was talking about how they've already exceeded the billion mark with Gideon Bibles already, if mm. I'm not mistaken. So, Wow. Just amazing how—I'm going to talk about the Bible in the last couple minutes after this short break, but uh, just amazing how the Bible outpaces— uh, every other book in history, um, in quality and in just transmission, just preservation. So, yeah. just very interesting. Well, anyway, Chris, you have a great weekend. You too. Wrap up Thank the show you. after this short break. Listeners, stick around. A little more live till five after this short break. <laughs> God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. Thanks for tuning in today. Talking about the Bible, the greatest book of all time, by all measurements. 
The full Bible has been translated into 532 language and partially translated into 2,883 languages. The King James Bible contains 788,258 words. That's 31,102 verses, 1,189 chapters, 66 books. The Bible informs the traditions of three major world religions, Christianity, of course, but also Judaism and Islam. John Wycliffe produced the first translation of the entire Bible from the Latin Vulgate into English. However, after he died, the Catholic Church exhumed and burned his corpse as punishment for his translation work. William Tyndall produced the first printed, edited copy of the New Testament in English. He was later burned at the stake for his efforts. A couple other quick facts about the Bible here. The Great Bible was the first authorized printed Bible in 1539, King Henry VII of England declared that it should be read aloud during church services in the Church of England. China is not only the largest producer of textiles and manufactured goods in the world, the country is also the largest producer of Bibles, which is very interesting when you think about what Chris read about the news, about the Chinese movement to uh, take down crosses and things like that. The Geneva Bible is the first Bible to use numbered verses. Also, the Bible Shakespeare used and the pilgrims brought to America in 1620. And the Bible is the most commonly stolen book in the world, most likely because it's so available. Hotel rooms by the Gideons, of course, places of worship. So why do we need to know facts about the Bible? Well, the Bible is, here's a couple things you need to know about the Bible. It's a library of books, 39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books, inspired by the Holy Spirit over almost 1,500 years, between 1,400 and 400 B.C., just the Old Testament, 80, 50 to 100, the New Testament. The Bible is self-referencing. All the books of the Old Testament, with the exception of Esther, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, are quoted and referenced in the New Testament. Jesus uh, quoted or made reference from Genesis, Exodus, and about 20 other Old Testament books. Of course, the word Bible comes from the Greek, Biblia, the meaning of testament, testament means a covenant. So it's a covenant that God entered in with Abraham in the Old Testament and God entered in with believers through Christ in the New Testament. And then the canon is the word, comes from the Greek and Hebrew words that literally mean the measuring rod. So canonicity describes the standard that books had to meet to become recognized as scripture. God's people merely discovered the canon. The authority of the books in the Bible is established by God. That a book is canonical is due to divine inspiration, while how it is known to be canonical is due to the process of human recognition. And there's, there's some great explanations of that. As you go on, it's important to know and understand the Bible. How shall a young man cleanse his way, it says in Psalm 119. How can a young man make his, his life pure? How can he clean up his way? How can he change? How can she change? It says, by taking heed according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. That's in Psalm 119. God's word is quick, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It can pierce way down into your heart. It can divide between your soul and your spirit and the things that you're thinking and the things you plan to do. God's word is all of that and more. I wish we had more time to talk about it, but God's word, the most important book, is we have a theme of books today. We would be remiss not to mention the Bible, as the superior book of all time. I encourage you to go to a church this weekend 
where they elevate and reverence the Bible as that supreme authority for life and godliness. God has given us his instruction. He's communicating to us through his word. I would challenge you to be part of a church where they encourage you to bring a Bible and open it up and read it for yourself. As the person that's standing behind the pulpit is singing or speaking, you should be thinking about God's word. You should be opening it and comparing what they say to God's word. And if what they're saying isn't consistent with what you're reading, I'd challenge you to find a different church. And if you don't have a church home, I'd encourage you to come visit us here at Harvest Baptist Church. We're one of many great churches on Guam. You can meet me. I'm one of the pastors here and would love to to see you visit us at Harvest. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 a.m. right here at Harvest Ministries, and we would love to have you come visit us. If not us, find another church where they preach God's Word, where they open the Bible and challenge you to read it and live it, because it is not just a book. It is God's voice. It is His way of communicating to you, and you can learn so much about God. Everything you need to know is in that book. And today's theme was books. So there you go. And that's about it for Live Till 5, the fastest two hours of my week. It's Friday, April 13th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This was episode 260. And this is Live Till 5. Listen on Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound. Go to khmg.org. Download the podcast. Go to Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Leave us a note. Let us know you're listening. And that's it for Live Till 5. You're listening on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.